Hearken thine ears to the tune of the cast. We cast pods all day for the glory. Season dose. <laughs> what, what? Groomed her pet Leviathan. Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> Salty Dogs Podcast. I have to be. The SDP and the ICT. Teddy Roosevelt. Hear ye, hear ye. While we cast all of our pods upon you. We lie. There we go. All right, boys and girls. Sistren and brethren. Hear ye, hear ye. If you guys uh, still listen to us after all the Dude, people listen. People listen. We don't need to say that anymore. Are we I'm live? Good. Yeah, we're live. Oh, okay. <laughs> Man, come on, bro. You know hey, we have to introduce people. Talking out of turn. Dude, be nice to our guests. I know. Rocky's back. There he is. Rocky's back from season one. And we ain't talking about Rocky and Bullwinkle, bro. We're talking about Rocky and the one and only Skyler. He was, uh, he was on the podcast to couple casts ago. Hey, man, glad to be back. There you go. A couple casts ago. Couple, yeah. Or pods? Them pods we've been casting. Tide pods. Pre-pods. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Rocky was on in season one, and apparently it took him uh, a couple of uh, episodes to decide that he wanted to come back. He wasn't yeah. sure. No, for you guys to ask me to come back. Oh, oh is that what it was? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We spit had a that, spit we, that gum. We out, had bro. a gum chewer. <laughs> <laughs> I had to whisper, "Are you chewing gum?" <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so Rocky was here um, in season one, and he was talking about. Uh, you can check out his testimony episode in um, in season one. Go back and check that out. And then we've got Skyler McComb is back, and Represent. he was he was on. No, he wasn't on last episode. He was episode six, so he skipped one. Dang, we have that many episodes back already. already. We do. Well, this is episode eight of season two. Dang. I'm glad, you, I, where I'm glad I, you keep counting. Where have I been? Well, you you just show up here and then you disappear for a while and then you come back and record. And then I do all the work between, you know. Really just else. riding the coattails, so, bro. Just, yeah. <laughs> it's just a, riding it's the coattails. It's a good, yeah. I really yeah. like hanging on. And. So, so, yeah, check out season one, Rocky's Testimony, and then check out episode two, or excuse me, six of season two. So you can be prefaced. That's right. Be with, prefaced, and you'll you hear a little bit more about um, Skyler and, and some of his story. I have, a, I have a good feeling about Skyler coming back multiple times. I, well, I mean, Rocky, too, but I mean, I just I feel like Skyler's We'll talk about that off here. Oh. We won't discuss that in front of him. Yeah. Yeah, so. Got a good subject today. <laughs> you, we do have a really good subject. Look hot, at him leading in. I know. He's just like, uh, are you practicing? Play. Let's get to it. Like, are you <laughs> practicing? <laughs> that hot, hot heat. Okay. He's practicing. That hot heat we're coming with. Did you, did you tell him do really good on this episode and then we might consider bringing him back I mean, for multiple episodes? Yeah. I had to tell him. He had know, to pay based, me. Based off of performance because this is really Well, he did really good trying to lead us into the topic there. He did. Yeah. He's working some we can all relate to. I'm, I'm slipping him the he, fiber underneath he, the table. He was discerning that we should go ahead and dive in. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Rock, Rocky, you're not a banter, are you? Rocky's tired. He worked a long day. He did work a long day. How many hours did you work before you came here? Oh, I don't know. I was off the clock, I think, maybe. I think I was home by 6.30. So it wasn't too bad. It was a long day. I drove 229 miles. And just you just got do, the hot air blasting on you. And you do that like five, six days a week. Well, this the, today was different. Today, I my route's out on Mondays because of volume, so they cut it out. So I ran a, a country route. So nice. I went from Douglas all the way to Winfield and everything in between. But well, So today physically wasn't nice bad, cruise. but it's just, yeah. yeah just, ima- just, an, just imagine going from point middle of nowhere to point middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah you're much. literally what you're envisioning right now. That's exactly what it looks like. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever so, you are. So Rocky, tell remind us who you are and what you do. Uh, my name's Rocky Glardo. I'm a associate pastor at Church on the Street. Um, 
yeah. Homeless ministry here in Wichita? Yeah, homeless ministry here in Wichita. We, or street um, ministry, whatever you guys call it? Yeah, yeah, we're kind of all different facets. We, the, the main focus that we do is we hold a traditional church service on Sundays um, for right. the uh, for the homeless, uh, really anybody that's in need. Um, Without great. a roof, though, no roof. No roof, no, no we're outdoors. No AC, so no heater. No, roof nope, to be on fire. nope. nope. Uh, 52 times a year, we're outdoors, right. rain, shine, or snow. Um, 12 years, Church on the Street hasn't missed a Sunday. Um, that's a statement that's to, God, wow, that's to God's faithfulness, yeah. um, not to ours. Um, and so I've been out there for about three years now. I've been associate pastor maybe for a year and a half or so. Yeah. Um, but that's what we do, praise and worship. Then we preach a word. Um, I think the most important thing we do out there is, and sure you know, is. I'd speak for the leadership, is, is the preaching of the word. Right. Um, then we feed them and clothe them. Um, just all with donations. So you guys are like really just taking the Bible practically. Right? Yeah, you're really just doing, just, really just doing what you just doing did, what it honestly. said. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. How's that working out? How I the mean, church really should. Most be. of us we just sit around and talk about it, but you guys are actually out there doing it. Mm. No, it's great. It's very fulfilling. Um, one thing I've always said is, is regardless of you know, sad to say, any church, every church has politics, and you know, there's logistics and nuts and bolts of churches, but the work is always pure. So at Sunday at 1130, when it starts, the work is pure. The people need love. We pray for them. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities to minister, to counsel, um, you know, and and lay hands on people, love them, give them hugs, shake their hands, smile, pray with them. Just to be Jesus, to be the hands and the feet of the Lord. So Yeah, it's cool stuff, man. I mean, we we don't have to totally rehash it, but it was really cool the first time I went out there. I mean, it it literally is just church outside um, and on a dirt lot. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, don't go there if you're not if you're not you know, you if need. you're not if you're not about the work. Don't be uh, don't be going to church on the street, man. Because the first time I went there, I was like, dang, dude, this is... I mean, it's rough, dude. It's a it's a it's a tough crowd. You know what I mean? And and I mean, honestly, the 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 ministry possibilities are absolutely endless Sunday to Sunday. I mean, there's it's need. It's that's what it is. It's need. Every Sunday, people are in need. It's not like oh, we show up in our ties and like everybody's like, oh, I'm good, brother. You know, too blessed to be stressed. Now these people are they are stressed. You know what I mean? And so yeah. it's cool to it's cool to be like like get down yeah. get down with it. You know, yeah. that's really where the heart of God is. I believe. Honestly, yeah. totally, yeah, and yeah. So Rocky, thanks for filling us in again. Yeah. Check them out. And then Skyler, yeah, f- officially introducing you on this podcast episode. Welcome, Amen. sir. Glad to good be to here. Have you back. Episode six was good, man. I will tell you what. Uh, it was one of the, I'd call it the more chill yeah. episodes we had, but it was very, very scripture heavy. Yeah, really dove good. into the word. Yeah. yeah, we really just head first like, just. like kids. Yeah. Yeah, just watch, mom, watch Come me go off the, the high dive right into the Bible. <laughs> just like right child. on in there. Yeah, exactly. Mom, 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 hey, mom. and then high dive, backflip gainer. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself, young Skyler. Oh, I'm just a born again brother in Christ. I go to the Derby Church in Nazarene. And uh, God is really doing something there. But I uh, I wasn't raised in the church, really. Um, so um, religion was new to me. In fact, to me, it really wasn't religion when I had my first encounter with God. It, it was just raw and it was real. And um, God has done a lot uh, for me and through me since he saved me from the pit. So, <laughs> man, I owe my life to him and I really enjoy um, activating and getting involved in ministry and podcasting and podcasting yeah. Yeah. PTO. All right. Well, let's dive in. I don't in. need an introduction. No, you, we don't ever introduce ourselves. I know. I think, yeah, we don't need to. You got a whole testimony. It's true. Episode. You have a whole they testimony. Can, they can you have an that. entire episode about yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. maniac. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, man, I'm I'm excited about this. I'm episode. nervous. Are you nervous? I don't know about nervous. I just like you can just feel it because it's heavy. 
Yeah. Oh, it's a heavy one. So let me kind of back up, I guess. Uh, something that maybe you need to know is that Rocky and I, we've been meeting maybe since like October, November, something like that. Yeah, probably about that And time. Rocky reached out to me and was just, he said, hey, man, I really need some accountability. And uh, and I was just like, all right, well, let's start meeting together. And honestly, it took a, it took a little while to kind of get things rolling to kind of open up some trust. But his our meeting together um, every Thursday night, uh, it, it got it got real quick. <laughs> real, I mean? real quick. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, that escalated quickly. Yeah. Um, and, and what that turned into was just really a, a, a no mask kind of situation where we said, man, here's what I'm struggling with. Um, and so he and I have been in this, in this friendship, this relationship for some months now, and we've really seen some, some really positive things and some change, you know, by the spirit in us and through efforts um, really mortifying the flesh, seeing some sin die. Um, but just recently, last week, I believe, um, I felt led to preach a sermon on hidden sin. Mm-hmm. And what led me into this, obviously this podcast topic, but led me to that, um, to that topic to preach was that I was seeing people in the body really struggling. And little by little, I was seeing that people were were not just confessing things that they were struggling with, but confessing things that they'd fallen into and had already wreaked havoc in their lives. Yeah. Marriages, um, you know, kind of going astray, um, porn addiction, drug use, alcoholism, just people in the church who yeah, these are honestly, a lot of people really struggle. With. They do. And so I was seeing it more and more and more. And honestly, when I preached this sermon on Sunday morning, the Lord like broke my heart and gave me empathy for the people. And I wept over the people of God that morning. And I preached from Joshua chapter seven. And it's the story of um, Achan. And so that's kind of where I want to, I want to jump off. And so um, using this story as a, as a jumping off point in Joshua seven, the, the sin of Achan. And so this is a story about hidden sin. So just right up front, uh, and I'll just, we, I don't know that I'm going to read much of the scripture, but you can go there for reference and pull some things out. But I'll just tell the story real quick and then we can dive in. So um, this guy, Achan, was part of the Isra- Israelite army and uh, God had commanded the Israelites to go and, and um, you know, take over these countries and that they were supposed, or these nations. And so they were supposed to, this particular time, not take the spoils of war. They were supposed to leave everything to be set aside for destruction. And so that's what scripture says, that the Lord's, uh, anger burned against the Israelites because they had kept to themselves that which was set apart for destruction. And I just think mm. that's a picture of sin in itself. Yeah. When we hold on to sin, we're keeping stuff that's set apart for, is set apart for destruction. Yeah. Right. If by the spirit you put to death, the misdeeds of the flesh, sin is destined for death. Right. And so what happens is he keeps this silver and this gold and this cloak and he hides it under his tent. Long story short, he gets found out. God knows that there's sin in the camp. Uh, the Israelites can't win the this tiny battle against AI. And mm. so God says there's sin in the camp. And so then they, they call out um, all of the tribes and they call out the families and they call out the individuals. And it, it comes to light that Achan has hidden this these spoils of war under his tent. And so what we see then from the story is that his sin not only affected himself, but it affected his family. Even his tent was burned, his oxen and, and the animals that he owned plus the stuff that he had set aside and kept to himself was all burned. And so there's this 
picture of how our sin, our hidden sin, affects not only ourselves but those around us. But let me, let me give it away up front is that now for us, the gospel of Jesus Christ has come. And so there's no public stoning and there's no, burn, there's no um, fire of judgment coming for us because we're in Christ. And so when we confess our sins, there's forgiveness and redemption and restoration. There's no longer judgment if we're in Jesus. And so I just submit all of that to get us jumping off. And so you guys are welcome to chime in and say whatever you need to say concerning your story or scripture or whatever you might have to say towards that. Well, yeah, um, God is light. So to be in Christ is to be in the light. And when we have these dark areas in our consciousness, um, man, especially if you've been born again, I can speak from my personal testimony. It's it's agony. It's it really wreaks havoc from the inside out. And um I think of uh you spoke about how um you noticed these these things were already wreaking havoc in people's lives by the time it was exposed. Right. And I think about the scripture in James when it says when when sin is conceived and right. and uh it, it creates a living thing and it 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 gives birth when sin is conceived it gives it gives birth and it's a living thing and it grows into death yeah and uh and i think about like a cancer cell if you get to it quick and cut it out you got a much better chance to live to survive than right. if you catch it in stage 4 Right. way down the road and this thing yeah. has progressed and grown and and become a part of you like deeply rooted right and um i just get that visual of uh hidden sin in the book of james i, I can't remember what scripture that was but i know which one you're talking about mm-hmm. so so something i wanted to submit also is in, in regards to what you're talking about is that typically we get the phone call um from the person who's in jail this is just for example, who's in jail, who got the DUI, who hit somebody while they're drunk. And, you know, you know, they're going to get convicted for DUI. You don't know what else is, what other charge is going to hit, but they're like in jail and they're in this time of crisis. And that's when you get the phone call. You rarely get the phone call when they're sitting in the parking lot of the liquor store saying, I really want to drink tonight. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And so this entire thing, this whole story. And when I preached it, I talked about how this like, it really is the mercy of God. It really is the grace of God that beckons you to confess and come out of that now versus later on down the road when it's too late yeah. or not that it's too late when you've already experienced so much consequence. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's the, it's the grace of God that calls us out at this stage, right? Because yeah. at whatever stage it is now, it's the grace of God reaching in right now for some of us. We're, we've just now started struggling. We've not spent our entire life savings on gambling or we've not racked up credit cards with, with porn subscriptions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're struggling and it has yet to turn into this major consequence. It's the grace of God intervening right now to change the trajectory of where you're going. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think, uh, um, I don't want to talk too much here. I'm kind of no, still on the show, but, uh, Drawing a blank. Um, Go for it, Rocky. I know you got yeah, something. You brewing. got something, Rocky. Um, 
I think we spend so much time scrubbing the outside, right? Yeah. Scrub the outside of the cup, the inside. Uh, and, you know, when we talk about hidden sin, um, I mean, it can take so many forms. I mean, a lot of the times I think it's an addiction, but probably the most common that I come across is is sexual sin, pornography, right? Um, that among runs, men. Among men, yeah. And I don't I have yeah. no idea yeah, with women. Um, so you have four men at the table, so we're probably going to get some of that coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that, and that was, that was you know, my issue. Um, I have no problem saying it. I stood up in the pulpit and preached a whole sermon about it and told and them myself. And that takes guts, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was real. hard. It was hard. Um so, so it's out there. It's out there in internet land for everybody to see. So it doesn't bother me to talk about it, but that was my issue for years. Um, and the thing is, I wrestled with that. Um, you know, I, I gave my life to the Lord when I was 26, um, 34 now, eight years, and I wrestled with it on my own um, for years. It was a um, never accepted it, never made excuses for it, always hated it. Um, it was there before mm-hmm. I got saved and it lingered afterwards. But it wasn't until I drug that sucker into the light uh, and 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 pinned it to the cross um, out in the open um, that I had true victory. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a oh, let me see, Second Timothy two twenty two. Um, Flee your youthful lusts, uh, pursue um, you know righteousness, love. But then it also says with those that uh, call upon the Lord with a pure heart. You know, so of course, Interesting. I think I think a lot of a lot of us we. It's it's kind of a three prong attack, and you'll see those you know throughout Scripture, mortifying the flesh. Um, Paul talks about disciplining his body, um, so that after he's preached the gospel, you know he's not then compromised. Um, and that would kind of be flee the youthful lust. I mean, that's the resisting, right? That's white knuckling, you know, or sobriety, or whatever it may be. Um, then there's the pursuit. You know, there's pursuing those good things that God has given us, walking in the Spirit, so yeah. that we don't fulfill the deeds of the flesh. Um, and the Scripture has a lot to say about that as well, individually. And then I think this is the one where we fail is with those um, who call upon the Lord with, you know, with uh, pure hearts. We we want to be ambiguous. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm struggling. <laughs> Pray for me. Oh, you know, I struggle with lust, you know, right. and stuff like that. Yeah, well, how does that broad manifest? generalization? Yeah. yeah. You know, and and, um, and it's a safety net. Yeah, so it's a safety net so that you don't have to get that real with people. So you give them just enough, just enough you know, for them to, to pray for you, I guess, but like not genuinely pray for you, Yeah. you know, and, uh, it, I, well, it appeases your flesh. Yeah. You, I mean, or whatever, you know, it, 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 it's a pacifier, you know, you put the pacifier in the mouth of the crying baby, but ultimately yeah. it's going to come around. Mm-hmm. Um, roots grow deeper. Uh, and so that, that's, that's uprooting it, that, that accountability, that last aspect there. I'm truly just being open with, you know, brothers in the, of the faith or, or, you know, whatever, like I said, in my situation, I, but I, um, I'm a pastor, you know, and I believe in, in believe in leading from the front. So I announced mine from my pulpit. Um, but mm-hmm. I gave a big history about it also because, you know, a lot of these things, they're deep set, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we, let's compare it to a weed, right? Let's compare it to a, a seed. So the, the faith is a seed that grows an almighty tree. Um, you know, God uses that, uh, that analogy a lot. So let's apply it to sin. You know, the roots grow deep, and we spend so much time cutting it at the surface, at the surface, at the surface, right. while the roots chopping continue the, to chopping grow. Chopping the bad fruit yeah. off, right? Yeah, it continues to grow deep instead of just uprooting the whole Pulling thing. the root, yeah. And so um, that's part of, you know, and, and so the roots are deep. I mean, the roots started for me at the age of five, and I had to rip all of that up with, yeah. you know, I, and I, sh- I shared a lot of that with Jason. And, um, 
And so I, I did it from the pulpit. I did it up front, and I, I told everybody my history. And, and part of the thing is we're so scared and we're so embarrassed. There's so much shame right. that comes with these types of things because you're supposed to have it right. all together. Exactly. And when it's that deep set, then you're like, oh, right. you know. Especially when you're professing Christ and, like, oh, you're yeah. going to church and you're serving It's unacceptable to be struggling with anything, you know what I mean? Like, and we've made this, this this is the bed that we've made as, as Christians, you know, and as and as the way that we carry ourselves and present ourselves is like a, a false kind of, like, uh, it just wasn't it's just like not a realness you know what I mean and uh, we've we've made this bed and so now people are struggling because they don't think that they can talk to anybody about these right. things because they mm-hmm. think that no you know that nobody else, but like in Ephesians like what you were saying like you how, how you you brought it to the light Ephesians it says man everything that is illuminated becomes a light right and so when we illuminate these things in our life especially with things that are we're, everything is, is common there's no sin that, that, that we are doing that has not already been done or is not being done yeah. currently you know Right. And so when we shed light on our own sin, it frees people up to, to, to produce that light in themselves, to let go of that. Like that's, that's the freedom right there. So confess your sins one to another, thus you fulfill the law of Christ, man. Truth is a law of Christ. Light is a law of Christ, you know what I mean? And living in the truth and, and in the truth, the truth will set you free, right? And so anything else yeah. will keep you bound. But we're so scared, just like you said, uh, shame, uh, we, embarrassment, like, you know, and we, it, it, hiding things takes effort, you know what I mean? Yeah. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of effort well, to dig you, a hole underneath your tent yeah. and bury a bu- whole bunch of gold. You know. Well, think people? about yeah. how think <laughs> think about how sneaky he had to be too. I mean, to carry a bunch of gold and a cloak and some silver. He had to do it during so, the night, bro. Well, he either had to do it during the night, or he separated himself from the rest of the army Correct. and allowed mm-hmm. them. He allowed yeah. himself to be separated, and then he did the sin in the dark. And behind uh, yeah. people's backs. Yeah, right? and let me talk about that too. So there's because, sneakiness because yeah. isolation, man, is has been in my life uh, a stifling thing. Because I'm married, bro, and like you know, and I, you know, I'm not addicted to porn or anything. But there's like you know, like hidden, just that, just like like that that isolation. Like I have to deal with this on my own. You know what I mean? And like, but. In a weird, sick sense, you know, in, in your ego, you know what I mean. It's like you cr- you like crave being isolated because you can continue to do what you what you were doing. You know what I mean? Because yeah. then, because like you said, like, when you bring it to people, you have to be held accountable now. You know, in isolation, like I say it all the time. You know, when we're when the sheep the flock is together, man, that's when it's the strongest, man. But when, when you're away from the flock, that's when you're the most vulnerable, right? So sticking together and isolation is like it was one of the biggest things in my, in my life that it stifled and even currently. Currently, man, and I'm just coming out of, you know, you know, hiding and like just lying about stupid stuff. To like, why would I do that? Because it has to cover everything else that I, that I, the hole that I had dug, you know? Right. Yeah. And if you think about that very first line in uh, Joshua chapter seven, it says, but the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to the devoted things or those set apart for destruction. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, the of the tribe of Judah took some of them. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel. So you've got one man who's in sin. Um, so then I just, I started to ponder like, why did the Lord's anger burn against the Israelites and not just Achan? Mm-hmm. And I, I would submit this thought is that the Israelites weren't functioning as the community that they should have functioned as. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, obviously Achan made his own decisions, but um, they weren't available. There, well, there wasn't the fullness of the expression of the potential of that community functioning. And so Aiken was allowed to separate and sin and then be in a place to where then he didn't have anybody around him that he could then confess to. I wonder had no it been accountability. A, yeah. I wonder had it been a different situation if Aiken, like the day after he took it or before the Israelites went to war, he said, wait, 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 don't go to war. 
I took some of the things that were devoted for destruction and yeah. confessed. Wow. And that, you know, what would, what would that have looked like? Grace and mercy. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's one thing to be found out in your sin. It's another thing to go ahead and just confess up front. I'll tell you what, you think you're going to experience shame by confessing your sin. You probably will, but then the Lord will bring healing and that you don't confess for shame. But if you're caught, yeah, it's a lot worse. Yeah. Much worse. It's a lot worse. It's a pride issue, man. Like, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of humility to admit, first of all, that you're wrong. Uh, second of all, that you've done that, you, you like just those nasty things on the inside. You know what I mean? That you feel you're like those things are so hard to like to even you know, or to go to my wife and be like, man, like this. It's the this, worst. It's the whole. It's it's the worst. But that's the pride in you. That's like you know, it, it, it just you, you, know, you, you feel the pain you know, of you feel of crucifying like, the flesh and mortifying right, the flesh. It's yeah. the pain that comes with that. Rocky, yeah. tell me a little bit about because you coached me in this. Tell me a little bit about what it's like to actually just dive into a conversation where you have to like talk to your spouse about some things you struggle mm. with versus waiting for the proper or for the right time because. I would always say, oh, it just wasn't a good time, wasn't a good time. And you were just like, <laughs> no, bro, <laughs> no, bro. Yeah, um, I'm not very nice to myself, you know, so I kind of hold myself, I guess, myself to a higher standard. So not higher standard, I should say, but harsher standard. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been caught. I never right. got caught. I always proactively confessed, and, and I didn't feel there was never, I never sat her down. I never did everything right. I mean, it was just in the moment, and I felt the pull of the Lord to do it, and I just open my mouth and confess. I can't say that there was a lot of ceremony to it. Right. Um, it's like ripping off a bandaid. Um, it wasn't easy. It's been painful each time. The first time I did it that I had to confess was a year into the marriage. Um, and that was very superficial. That was definitely chopping at the surface. Right. Um, second time was, was, um, wasn't, and that was very emotional for me as well. I mean, I, you know, I was broken, uh, before my wife. Um, and then the second time, uh, kind of the same thing, but I wasn't as open with the accountability, um, wasn't as strong with the, you know, I wanted to leave that back door behind the back door behind the back door, just in case I wanted to access, you know, um, trusting that, oh, I'd have the strength to resist, but, but, Mm -hmm. um, so I wasn't, again, I wasn't very serious and then it was just full on. I mean, I was, I was done with it. Um, and it was more, I would have to say, honestly, and I think this is this is where every, if you re- really want sin out of your life, um, it's not so much that I was worried about that I was hurting my wife. It was, I realized it was it was a, an issue between me and the Lord. Right. And it, it was going to cause separation between us. Not a loss of salvation so much, but it was, it was going to be, um, it's like either you deal with this or I deal with this. And I didn't want anything in between. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want anything in between him and I. Um, yeah. and, and now he used my wife to show me, uh, the depth of his love. Um, he, 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 he used my wife to show me the depth of my, my failure, will, willful failure. I don't say just that, oh, I was struck. I was trying, you know, really hard and just wasn't doing a good job. No, I was not trying very hard. Yeah. Right. Um, but ultimately it was, it was, it was my relationship with the Lord that, that began to suffer that really pushed me to. And I think yeah. that's, if, if that's what you focus on, then everything else falls into place. Right. If you try to gratify your wife, it'll work well for a for a while yeah it's going to backfire some way shape Mm -hmm. or form you're going to fail you're going to resent her you're going to get angry at her something ultimately it always comes between me and jesus first it has to be, and then everything else rolls up into that but 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 my wife is one of the key tools that he has used to to shape me in that yeah me too man 
Well, I'm glad you called her a tool in a good context. <laughs> yeah, she's been one. Yeah, one of the his instruments. <laughs> the instrument. There you go. He's one of the key instruments. <laughs> instrument of change. So, yeah. Instrument. It, that's right. So, so something to just kind of point out. You know, you said that it it wasn't just a matter of um, you sinning against your wife, but it was a matter of you sinning against God. Um, and so, one. Um, I was going to say confession shouldn't happen based on uh, a fleshly desire to not feel guilty about something. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we, because there's been many times where I've crawled to the Lord and I've just wept and wept and wept. And I said, God, I don't want to feel this way. Well, who did I make it about? Yeah. I don't want to get that off. You You see what I'm saying? I don't want to feel this way. It, It has nothing to do with God. I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. Like where was the true remorse in that? And then the other thing is like praying, you know, God, take this away. I, just, I don't want to hurt Kim. Still mm-hmm. kind of not, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want her to find out that I'm this terrible person. Again, it's still kind of, you know, about myself in that situation. Yeah. And so the, the motivator for our confession should be um, that, you know, we've, we've sinned against God and that there's a rift in that relationship because that's yeah. the most important relationship. And the other thing is we can't compartmentalize our life. So, Achan, he hid the, the, the stolen treasure set apart for destruction under his tent. Um, and even though the Israelite army went out and let, physically left the camp to go battle, the sin in the camp kept them from them. winning, followed them. Hmm. And, and so as a, as a pastor, also having dealt with lust and pornography and that kind of stuff, in the pulpit, I'll tell you, the devil is on my shoulder. As I'm speaking a word to the people that I'm unworthy because of my hidden sin, and Amen. it follows you. And of course, he's a liar because yeah. I'm, I've, you know, I'm crucified in Christ. I no longer live. Um, my sins are forgiven, but I also know that I continue to indulge in something I shouldn't indulge in. And it's not um, that I confess so that I can be more powerful in the pulpit. Yeah. Right. But it's that that's an effect. Yeah. yeah. We have stronger. We have more. Uh, a stronger defense, I would say. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to. I don't want to make it seem like it's us that works for these things. But there's something about getting that off of us. And there's a scripture. Freedom. That, yeah, freedom. There's a scripture that says we're blessed when we when we approach the Lord with a clear conscience. Holding the faith in, in a clear conscience. Yeah, and that's such a big part of our peace mm-hmm. that we have in the Lord. And uh, man, just where this podcast is going is so specific with where God led me in scripture in the book of revelations. And one thing I want to touch on as someone in leadership, um, on whatever standard, if you're a Christian and people look up to you, you have a role of leadership and, uh, but we can never justify our failures by how much good stuff we're doing and how much like we're serving God in all these avenues. And, and, uh, like hidden sin is a big deal still, no matter how much good you're doing. And, um, That's a good word. it's interesting cause God led me to the, uh, in the book of revelation to the letter, um, to the church of Thyatira and where's that at? Um, revelation chapter two, verse 18. That's the end of the Bible, Jason, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> and, uh, God has used this to really put the fear of the Lord in me. Um, specifically on this subject. But uh, the Lord says, I know your works, your love and faith 
and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. So that's quite a bit of good stuff going for right, you right there. Right. Like We're good. We're but, good. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and eat food sacrificed to, to idols. Mm. And uh, wow. And at the end, it, it says, uh, it talks about, you know, turn away from this or I'll take your lampstand. Right. And, uh, and when that happens is, is, uh, is up for debate because God's grace is just like a river that ever flows. But man, um, the Bible talks about um, rebellion being as a sin as witchcraft. Mm -hmm. And when you have like a consciousness of conviction, like to where you're convicted as you're making the decision and then you still go forward. That's like, that's wicked. That's, that's worse than the sinner who doesn't know any better. You know, so right. there's there's accountability that comes with the amount of truth that you know. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, God really used this um, to speak to me. It's like, you know, I see all this going on. I, I see what you're doing. Yeah, you're doing a good job, but let's talk about this. Yeah. Like, this is a big deal, right? And and so I, it's it's always important to understand this within the context of a loving father and those of us who are in Christ as sons of God. Like we need mm-hmm. to remember that scripture reminds us in Hebrews, I believe chapter 10 where it says, do you, do you not remember where it's written that the Lord disciplines those he loves? And then it talks about discipline, not seeming pleasant at the time, but once we're trained by it, it produces a harvest of righteousness. And so the Lord is going to bring about discipline. That's going to bring about the fruit of righteousness. And we submit ourselves to the hand of discipline. We say, yes, Lord, as you see fit, we say, yes, Lord, your will be done in my life, right? Uh, on earth as it is in heaven. And so we submit ourselves to that. Um, it's not that God's trying to chase us down and point all these things out to condemn us and make us feel no, terrible. It's a, it's a, it's a personal permission to God to do whatever he wants to do within your life. And I think that that reflects the heart of a man really trying to go after God, right? So God, whatever you want, and Jason, you were there when I prayed that prayer somewhat mockingly in your, in your living room and right. then my entire life got destroyed right before my eyes. You know what hmm. I mean? And, uh, it had been a long process, but man, all that needed to go look like flesh. It, there's no redeeming the flesh. It is only meant for one thing It's purpose for one thing. And that's to die, you know? And Amen. so when we don't, when we don't just like when Joshua, when they were going into the land and God was like, destroy everything. There cannot be, like Rocky was saying, the back door to the back door to the back door because it always comes back around, you know what I mean? And so, but that 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 permission to the Lord to do, and he's disciplining, you know what I mean? That is the discipline. He calls those things out so that they can be dealt with because, not because, like you said, because he's condemning you. It's like, man, how far do you want to take it? How far do well, you want to go? Because I got so much more for you and I'm only trying to point these things out to you so that you can throw off the things that so easily entangle, right? And run the race before for you free right you don't yeah. want to be I, when you're right. running a race bro i don't want to be tied up man i want to you think you're like I, I get like whenever i'm in a dream or something to do and i'm running oh, you always you know you're like you're like stuck in the slow. mud dude yeah. i hate that and i wake up and i'm like oh man, i hate that but dude, why can't i just run free and what dream, if those bro? dreams are like spiritually symbolic they are spiritually you know symbolic yeah, man like, like i don't absolutely. know stuck in the mud dude like get out the mud you know what i mean he's That's only pointing out the mud to show you you know what i mean it's 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 to it's to grow you closer to him man but those are hard 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 lessons 
lessons, man. But I think that the people, the, the true sons of God, the true sons and daughters of God will recognize that and do it and confess. Like, but if it remains hidden, you know, not even, even the, even the smallest battles, like that was supposed to be a small battle. Tiny. They were laughing at it. They were like, right. oh, yeah. oh, 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 we're yeah, going to destroy these Only cats. send two or 3,000 men. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Don't even worry about it. But honestly, when, when you've got those, those hidden sins weighing you down, uh, even the small things become become a larger task that you can't handle, and I've watched that, I've witnessed that in my own life. That's like, interesting. So, so it only wow. compounds, right? And so, the smallest things in my life, like loving my wife and not being a jerk, you know what I mean, became hard tasks because of the hidden sin yep. in my life. But because because of that, I was resenting my yep. wife or resenting the people around me because of the hidden sin in my life. Right? You know what I mean. And so, it stifled my growth. It stifled the spirit in me. So those seemingly small battles became, and then I started losing and losing and losing more of those small battles until all of a sudden, dude, like, it's like complete defeat. And I felt like what, what they felt like when they were taken back to Babylon, captive. And then right. you're captive. And then what has to happen? You have to cry out to the Lord, and then the Lord has to rescue you from Egypt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when that could have been prevented the entire time had you just confessed. Wow. And then Mind there blown. was that. <laughs> And then there was that. It's truth. And uh, and one thing this all really turns into also is just paranoia. I mean, yeah. think about him harboring this in his tent, like in the camp. Right. And oh, hey, Aiken, what's up? What, oh, nothing? Nothing? What, <laughs> yeah. Why I wouldn't do that? <laughs> why are you coming what? around my tent? You know? Hey, I thought yeah. I might come over to your tent uh, on Shabbat. You know, we can <laughs> eat some bread and drink some wine. He's like, nope, not coming to my tent. And it skews everything. It skews your discernment of how people are receiving you and mm. what they may be thinking about you. Because and you're how, suspicious of them. And how they're discerning you. Yeah. And, yeah. and just... Oh, dude, I'll tell you what. Like, live, living, with, living with hidden sin, um, my most feared question from anybody is, one, um, how are you doing? <laughs> and two, what is God teaching you? Because most of the time when I'm deep in sin, the last thing I'm doing is learning. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm it for a long time. My prayers had a lot to do with me for a long time. And I can't remember praying for anything else or about anything else. <laughs> I wasn't praying about the people in, in, in our congregation. I wasn't praying for vision for where we were going as a source. I, none of that stuff. I'm simply praying, Lord, forgive me. I've sinned. Take this away from me. I'm sorry. Like for a long groveling, like a, yeah. you know, pitiful, a pitiful child, like just crazy. And so, yeah, it really hindered, hindered my prayers and hindered relationships. So we're joking about people not coming to Aiken's tent to hang out. But yeah, the truth is hidden sin stifles intimacy and relationship. What's it? And it's a uh, snowball effect. Stifles hidden in intimacy, which drives you deeper in your sin, which stifles you know, or hides your intimacy, stifles intimacy. You don't want people around you, which deeps you, drives you deeper in your sin. So on, and then it grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. So it's all a, it's all a snowball effect. And, and uh, it's yeah. true, man. Like, I don't want to hang out with anybody, least of all Christian brothers. You know what I mean? Whenever I'm whenever I'm doing my thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, see, I don't want to hang out with him. Hey, see man, him you at Walmart. Duck, yeah, like, you duck, oh, duck away. You're, you yeah. know, you're like ducking in the toy section. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, dang, man, wait till he passes. You know? They see you. Or like, like, why are you looking at or dolls? Like, you know, they, or, like you, or like you're in church, man, and everybody's trying to make eye contact with you just to say hi. And you just like look at the floor and beeline out the door, bro, because I don't want to deal with anybody else because I know, man, that's the Lord because dealing with you. Know. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't want to deal with anybody like you know 
So, so what are the, so Rocky, maybe you can share a little bit about this. What are the, some of the positive things? Like, I mean, obviously we know there's shame. We know there's guilt. All that stuff sucks. The Lord doesn't want us to live under that, but you've taken steps and you've confessed and, and you've asked for accountability. You've talked to your spouse. So how have you seen things kind of play out after you've exposed some of the hidden sin in your life? Yeah. Um, Well, definitely perspective. Um, it puts a lot of things into perspective when you begin to do it. So, so the way that I finally exposed it, you know, it started out, uh, you know, with me and Jason um, having our accountability, but but kind of ultimately culminated when I, you know, preached a sermon and kind of give a testimony about my, um, you know, sexual abuse, uh, kind of planted seeds and things of that nature, right? So, so the positive. Well, first off, before you get to the positive, it's very bad beforehand. Right. right. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. when, when you, when you actually, I mean, we all kind of have this barrier in our mind, like, oh, I'm going to do everything I can to be free from this sin, but I can't do that, you know, to be free. I won't do that. And for me, it was like, right. well, I'll tell an accountability partner. I'll tell those that are close to me, but man, I just, I can't have strangers knowing what's wrong with me. I can't have my pulpit knowing what's wrong with me. Mm, right. And so that whole process, the, the morning that um, I typed a very ambiguous uh, sermon, you know, kind of like we talked about, um, very carefully, strategically explained my sin and things of that nature. And so um, had it all typed up, ready to go. I mean, it would have preached okay, you know. Yeah, right. um, and uh, and that whole morning, I, I knew that it was no good and I knew what I was supposed to do. Wow. And, and and, um, and I, and I, I cried that whole morning and it was, yeah. you know, kind of a garden of Gethsemane type of experience, you know, just, I mean, a piece of a half of a piece of a drop, I think of, of kind of what the Lord went through. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I mean, this is, I mean, I wake up pretty early. I think I was up maybe about four thirty that morning. I, I think until, I mean, I was just in tears. I mean, I cried for like two hours Gosh. and the only prayer I could really say was, I don't want to, I'm embarrassed yeah. and I'm scared. Yeah. I don't, and that's all I could say. I mean, that's all I can, can muster out. My wife wakes up, you know, I wipe the tears away, uh-huh. kind of sit there and go get in the shower and stuff, cried more, uh, you know, cried on the way to church. I mean, it was horrible. I, I even, I didn't, I even, <laughs> I'm, I'm so serious. I was so terrified. To, I knew I was going to do it. I was already committed to doing it. I even took my sermon with me just in case the Lord delivered me at the last minute and said, you don't have to, you don't have to stand <laughs> oh, wow. up. I'm yeah. dead serious. Yeah. You don't have to stand up here in front of these people and tell Oh, thank God. I knew you weren't serious. <laughs> and tell all these people this thing. Um, no, don't sacrifice your son. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah that's he shows much. up. Right, so I knew you were going to provide the ram. I was, I was like, looking okay, for a ram. Jehovah Jireh, yeah. provided. Yeah. Now, if this is Jesus in in the garden, then then I'm hosed. But if it's Abraham and Isaac, then I'm okay. Yeah, you know, right, so right, I brought right. it with me. You know, and so um, and and uh, and um, so I did it, and that was very painful. And then, and then even after doing, I was angry with the Lord for several days, and I didn't know oh, I was really? angry. I was just, oh, I was in a funk. You, you think that after I, I did this, and I just opened this wide open, um, that, uh, and, and I've kept it wide open since then. Um, you know, I have no problem talking to people uh, about it. Um, Obviously, you're on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, still, yeah, still talking about it. Um, Worldwide podcast. And, and so, yeah, and. Uh, and so I, I, I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of peace. I mean, I wasn't happy. I didn't breathe mm-hmm. easier. I mean, I was still embarrassed afterwards. I did what I needed to say, even though people said, oh, that helps me out. You know, I had people come up and, and ask me, um, I have an accountability, another guy that I'm kind of mentoring and uh, through this, um, yeah. you know, struggling so with that's the same a positive stuff. Thing. Yeah, it is. But I didn't, none of that mattered for for several days. <laughs> True. Um, I, I just still felt bad. It's the enemy yeah. attacking yeah. you with shame. And, and, well, I, right. and I was, I was angry and I didn't realize that, but I was angry at God. So then... 
when I finally got past it, one thing I realized is, is going through that and having my shame exposed out in the open was a gift because I got an opportunity to share in the suffering of Christ. Amen. Um, and I, and I kind of shared this, I, you know, I, I thought about this to myself and this is kind of, you know, I, I'm just sitting there meditating on the whole process, thinking about it. And, and, you know, God's kind of giving me images and I bet when we meet Jesus, he's not going to be wearing a ball cap, long sleeves and gloves to hide all of his scars. You know, they're, they're there to see, <laughs> right, you know, he, and right. he, he, the, the way that he, that our shame, shame and everything was wow. pinned was very open and public for, for a reason, for a purpose. It was just out there. Um, so I got to share a little bit in that. So that was a gift. Also, it freed me from um, from desiring titles. Like, like when I was done and, and going up there, I was completely prepared for it to just be my wife, my kids, me and God, no more ministry, no anything. If you know what I wow. mean, you go up and you say, oh, I'm going to preach this sermon. I'm laying this down. And, yeah. On the altar. So, yeah. It's like, okay, well, if they kick me out, so be it. Who cares? I'm free from this. Finally. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. I can just go and just be free. So I didn't care if I carried the title pastor. I didn't care if I wasn't at church on the street anymore. It didn't matter. None of it mattered to me. I was just, I was happy. I was but I was free and peaceful. A new level of humility afterwards. Yeah, yeah. and it and it took some time to get there. I mean, um, I, I and then uh, and and not only that, but now you also share and being able to set other people free, and you continue to see that that bear fruit. Right. Um, and so, those are the positives. I mean, you don't know who who helps you out, um, or who, who's out there that that needs your help. I mean, you, you could be sitting next to somebody in a pew um, at work. Um, I mean, this hidden sin period destroys marriages. Um, yeah. I just heard of another, not, not so much, um, yeah, hidden sin destroys marriages. I mean, it, it, it everything, lives. Again, it affects those, clo- it affects immediately those closest to you. Oh, and yeah. so, yeah. and so one of the things that I, what, that I say often is that, um, you know, obviously as Christians, we're undergoing sanctification. And so the Lord is continually changing us and he's wooing us and, and our heart and our affections are being, um, redirected towards him. Mm-hmm. And so he, and, and so he's doing a work in our life. And so as he's working in our lives, those within closest proximity to us are the immediate beneficiaries of the work that the Lord does in our life. Or the people yeah. that suffer if we don't. Right. Yeah. And so if there's hidden sin, well, then people are suffering under the hidden sin because they're the immediate victims right. of the sin in our life. Well, they're in the p- closest proximity. And Rocky had said something to me when we were hanging out one Thursday night uh, about... Oh, you did listen to uh, the things he said to him. Sometimes. <laughs> but I usually know everything beforehand, so... <laughs> uh, but Usually Rocky, just a really good reminder, Rocky. Yeah. Oh, remember. thanks, man. I already knew that, but thanks for, for, <laughs> yeah. for reminding me. No, he said, uh, man, when the man is right, you know, when, when his relationship is right, the marriage is right. But when he's when mm-hmm. he's when he's not right, dude, the marriage isn't right, man. And I and I took that home and unpacked it. Not that it needed much unpacking because it's self-explanatory. But I realized the depth, the depth of the division that I was causing in my family because of because of hiding, and because of not being truthful uh, with my wife. Even though she's smart, she knew she knew what was of going course. on. You know what I'm saying? She yeah. knows what's going on. I'm the only I'm the one looking stupid. You know what I mean? But I'm but my family was not my my household was in disarray because of me. And this isn't a patriarchy thing, man. I'm just talking about you know what the Bible says about man. You know what I mean? Like being the head of the household, man. Mm-hmm. And if you're screwed up, bro, your house is going to be screwed up. Yeah. And uh, so Rocky had said that to me. 
one time and I really took that to heart and I was like, man, and that was one of those things that kind of propelled me towards, you know, this, this culmination where I'm at now to where, you know, I've come to my wife and, and we're reconciling right now and, you know, things are getting better, but the only way to do that. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said to me when you were just speaking now that darkness thrives on ambiguity, you know, it thrives in ambiguity. It thrives in half truths because the whole truth Mm -hmm. is not the, it is not the freedom set. It is not the the truth that sets free. It grows in the gray. Correct. And then all, also, uh, give everything for connection is what I heard. Also, so when we give that all, we give it. You were you gave it all, man. You were ready, but you were ready for the disconnect. But you were ready to be connected uh, to the Lord. And so, uh, those two things is what I'm just impacted out of that, man. It was really important to me. I don't know to to say that. That's huge, man. And just back to what you were saying, Rocky, is that you were you you didn't care about titles. You were ready to have all that go away. Ready to lose it all, and man. Ready to hey, lose whatever. it all. And so I can tell you that. There are most likely, I know that there's some ministry leaders who listen to this podcast. We've gotten some emails from them. Um, and so oftentimes the fear of being found out, it coincides and lives with the fear, fear of failure and the fear of falling as a pastor. So not only are you bound to the sin, but you're also afraid of losing the ministry and losing the title and losing the influence and losing the paycheck so that then you mm. trade in all of those things for your freedom. Right. And yeah. so you're, you're saying I would rather this sin in my life and be bound and still have mm. this title and this paycheck rather than getting free in the Lord and yeah. not having this title. Or this Ouch. Paycheck. I'm so uncomfortable yeah. right now. Well, yeah, it's speak- true though. One mm. of my greatest fears as a pastor was being found out. I mean, honestly. Yeah, like, but when you take care of that, you don't have to worry about that anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, you confess it. You don't got to be worried about, found out about nothing, dude, because you're living free, man. You know? Yeah. Living free. Well, again, it's one of those things of you saying, I have this issue. I'm taking steps towards having freedom. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the Lord. I'm sorry to you all. Versus, uh, so Pastor Jason isn't here this week. And as a matter of fact, we're not going to see him again for a couple months. Then everybody's wondering what happened, man. He's going through some spiritual rehabilitation because we found out some sin and but you know th- what I mean? But yeah. think about what else that does that incites other people to gossip. So, you know what I mean? Like, so it incites this entire, you know, rumor mill. And then all of a sudden all these people are sinning because of your sin. You know what I mean? Like, cause you yeah. got found out, man. It's like and a reciprocating snow. Like you said, the snowball, yeah. man. Like, yeah. It's not ideal. Certainly. Well, and part of going along with freedom and relationships is, you know, when, when you're on fire for Christ and people see you activating and, and helping people out and, being an ambassador for Christ, they can put you on a pedestal like you're some sort of super Christian. And then when something like that gets exposed, it's like, whoa, then you look like wicked. Right. But when you come forth like in transparency and just talk about like this common human struggle that we share, then they can see you as a brother in Christ that's going through the exact same struggle that we all are. And there's freedom to struggle. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, there's still accountability to, extent, to right. endure. To we're not talking about sin buddies. No, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, because that can be. No, that word too. struggle. I mean, it's to to wrestle with the adversary. You know, it's it's when you're not struggling. Right. You know? yeah. But then you can be open with the struggles. And then Rocky yeah. and I, it's like we can we still confess our struggles every Thursday. It's yeah. like, oh, on Monday this happened, on Tuesday that happened. It doesn't mean that the struggle goes away. But I can tell you that the manifestation of of that lust has diminished mm-hmm. tremendously 
so that we're not falling into the same sin patterns with screens and mm-hmm. and w- mm-hmm. images or whatever it is. Um, but now we're recognizing triggers and we're, you know, we're talking about action steps that we're taking and, you know, we've mm-hmm. set up accountability through our phones and we've got codes to lock each other out from browsers and all sorts of stuff. And so wow. you, you, you start to take steps and you erect, you erect walls. So here's what I was, I was talking about one day. Um, and I'll leave you with this, I suppose. So the Israelites, when they were in captivity, they cried out to God and God heard their cry and he sent a deliverer. And it was then after they, they fled from the Egyptians and then they moved into the promised land. And it was then when they began to take over those lands that they built cities and for, erected and fortified walls. They erected and fortified the cities outside of the, the camp of the enemy. They didn't create this comfortable or they didn't try to erect a, a city and a wall within the walls of um, captivity in Egypt. Mm. And so what I'm saying is that oftentimes, like even in our sin and when we're still captive, we try and do things that are going to keep us safe from those things when we've not even been delivered. You haven't even, been, you haven't even exited the land, You haven't even bro. exited you know the land. But like what you're you not even is, in the green zone, dude. Like you need to. Yeah. So you get out one. I mean, obviously that's all, it's all by faith first and foremost. We have yeah. to faith. It's by faith that we believe that Jesus Christ has set us free from sin and from death and that we are in Christ and that we are forgiven, that we are holy, but we are being sanctified. We got to get our identity straight. And it's from that place that then we can move forward. It's from that place of grace that we, that we, um, kind of catapult forward away from sin. Right. And so it's knowing that we're saved even in our sin while we were sinners while we were still enemies, while we were still God's foe, he died for us. And so in our sin, we are loved. It's not that we get out of sin and then we're loved. Mm -hmm. And so we don't work out of our sin to try and feel accepted by God. If Mm -hmm. we do that, we've got the cart before the horse. And that's a big mess, right? And so we've got to find our, we have to understand that we have been delivered from sin. Scripture tells us that we have no obligation to live according to the flesh. We do not have to continue to sin. And Jesus broke the power of sin over us so that we have a choice and the Holy Spirit lives in us and it woos us and it moves us and it tells us what to do and what not to do. And so we're not, we're not ignorant. Just like you said earlier, we know in those moments that the Holy Spirit is saying, don't do it. And we're just like, whatever, I'm going to do it anyway. Dude, yeah. it's totally in the mind, you know what I mean? To understand, by faith, yeah, you know what I mean? But like the battles in the mind, if you don't understand uh, that you have no obligation, like the same way when you were living in sin, you had no obligation to righteousness. You didn't practice righteousness. Now right. that you're righteous, you have no obligation to sin. You don't have to do that. You know, and I was about that for a long time. I was like, man, I just cannot stop. It's just, a, it's a lie, man. It's like lies and darkness just like, twisting it up in your mind, man. Identity is huge. It's to huge, overcome yeah. I, to, to find yeah. the courage to step out and do all that and whatever it may be, you know. Um, but but identity is huge. I mean, that's, yeah, it is. And, and, you know, so many people. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you're, you're it's, it's you, you find the strength because you have his love, not because you're trying to get his love. And it's right. a whole different, yeah, a whole different dynamic, yeah. Right. And it's, a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not working for his love. It's, it's working from because his love. you have right. it. Yeah, because you have it's, it. It's it's more like, and the discipline is Ooh. more like, you know, you're my son. This is the standard. So why aren't you doing this? 
right opposed to you know i ha- i need to hurry up and do this so i can be his son well it, mm-hmm. it's again it's knowing your identity and then i mean so there were some some moments where i would draw from this this phrase or this statement where i would I'm about to look at something or I'm about to do something. And then I tell myself out loud, this is not what the children of God do. And so you don't have to do this. Amen. And, and then you don't, and it, and it doesn't have to be dramatic. It's a simple, no, just as easy as you say yes to it. Just say no. You, yeah. Right. Right. And Let course, your yes be yes and your no be no. Like and, that's, and again, that's, that's honestly all it takes. Right. No. And again, we've addressed the severity and the roots and it goes deep and it's not easy, but with Christ and with God, all things are possible. And again, the other thing is it's not like a crack addict wants to remain a crack addict. Crack addicts don't want to be crack addicts. Most of them, yeah. you know, I guess Rocky, you know more about them. Maybe no, no, but, yeah, it's, it's, but it's, addicts, <laughs> but addicts don't want to be addicts. When I was doing cocaine, I did not want to do cocaine, even though I wanted to do cocaine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so we, you know, within yourself, the things you do and don't want to do. And so we can, we can by the power of the spirit in us, will not to do those things and then not do them. There's, there's freedom. We don't have sometimes, to say anymore. Dude, I was talking to Skylar about this on the way over here. I was like, dude, just sometimes you just have to work it up within yourself, man. And I'm not saying that do it apart from God. I'm just saying he's not going to be there all the time to baby you, man. Sometimes you just got to mount up and say, no, I'm not going to do it. And actually make a conscious decision to obey because it's the right thing to do. Because you know it's the right thing. Not because you you had this huge moment of spirituality right. and God carries you, started you through temptation. Glowing oh, you, I elevated you, above my sin right? and I just yeah. levitated. It's like, dude, he provided a way out and that was the ascension into heaven. And so, you know, like you Sometimes you just gotta you gotta work it up within yourself, man. You know, and and just kind of yeah, yeah. You can't wait for your feelings to catch up. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, hey, man, I'm gonna make man. When and when like violence of action in the military, bro. We were taught to to react from training to react, not to not to think about, but but the training took over, and I think that's part of biblical training too. The violence of action, reacting training instantaneously, and because when you start when you start ima- your imagination starts kicking in, and you start contemplating and you don't make make mm. the action right there it's death it's life or death right so you can exist in life or you can exist in right. death there's two roads yes or no and if you don't just just make the conscious decision right then and there bam no i'm not going to do it yeah. like you entertain those things that's when what it's conceived and it gives birth you have to abort that like then and there like eve in the garden started talking to the devil just, a little bit just talking just like well that fruit no it's good for food and just thinking this and that and I think, you know, on kind of a spiritual like warfare depth of how I deal with things now is there's a moment when the when the temptation comes over you and I've learned to um have a consciousness of of realizing that like the enemy is here. Kind of like when when the hair stands up on the back of your neck like the enemy is here and and talking to me, having a consciousness like, not, I'm not going to talk with you. Like, just the way uh, Jesus dealt with his temptation um, when he was went and tempted of the devil three times. It was a simple answer, and he quoted scripture. Even Jesus quoted, like, scripture, the Old Testament. And, and he just, s- simple, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. Like, you got to claim that authority, man. Like, yeah. you know, that's what he did. Authority, bam. Hmm. 
good. It's good stuff. Who wants to leave our listeners with a word of encouragement? Um, yeah, you know, victory's out there. Um, but, but it starts somewhere and, and usually it, it's very painful. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, but victory, victory can be had in all aspects of our life, whatever your hidden sin may be. It could be a lust for money, lust for, for alcohol, lust for women, um, lust for men. I mean, whatever it is. Um, but you cannot do it alone. Okay. I think it's by God's right. design that we are to have our brothers and sisters. Yes, we confess our sin to him. Um, but we confess our sin to others and we keep it there. Um, accountability is key. Um, you know, we flee our youthful lust. So yeah, there's practical steps to resist, um, that we set up, you know, to create friction when we try to fall into those temptations that nobody knows about. Um, we have to fill our time with those good things, you know, pursue that righteousness, that love, those good pleasures of that, that God has given us, um, him being first and foremost word, prayer, meditating on his word. Um, and, and the key component that we're talking about hiddenness is with those that call upon the Lord with a pure heart. You have got to surround yourself with brothers and sisters that love you um, and, uh, and won't allow you to fall back in. Yeah, um, and, and are real with you. Yeah, and are, and are real with you. Yeah, don't, don't. So on a side note here with encouragement, if you, if you, for an accountability partner for whatever, I chose, I, there are other people that I was closer with when I chose Jason. Um, my, my senior pastor Pocky, I'm very tight with, I, I specifically overpassed him and went to Jason. Um, and, and the factors that I looked at and, and ultimately, you know, God led me to him, but, but some of the wisdom that I used in it was, um, I knew Jason was a born again believer in Jesus Christ. There was no fakeness in him. There was a bit of a kindred spirit as in we, you know, we love the Lord and we're on fire for him. Um, but also this is going to sound a little weird there. There was, um, there was a sharpness to his words at times at that point, at that point in our lives, he had been, uh, he, he doesn't know this. He had been rude to me once or twice and I kind of, you know, brushed it off in, in the brotherly love. But I went after that guy because I knew that guy would have no problem throwing something in my face if it needed to be thrown in my face. I didn't mm. choose somebody that was completely and utterly comfortable and only pat me on my back. So yeah. word of encouragement out there is, um, don't hide, uh, have courage. Um, it is going to be painful. Um, it'll be very painful. We'll probably cry a lot of tears, but, but there's so much joy on the other side. Um, and you're not alone. Um, mm-hmm. that's the key thing. You're not alone and, and victory can be had in whatever aspect it is. We're promised. We're promised it. We don't need to walk around with the limp with the, a side full of, a side full of thorns where, you know, that, that, um, uh, we're promised victory over sin and, uh, that's right. Yeah. So it can be had. It's good stuff. My friends, mm. this is a good one. Amen. I hope it bears fruit. Stay woke. I know it will. Stay stay woke, fam. <laughs> Keep that spirit woke. For the for the devil wanders. Prowls around. Yeah. So he stay does. stay lit. Stay woke. Yeah, stay lit. There you go. Bring it into the light. Correct. Stay, stay lit. lit, fam. See, Christians are Just fun too. Really, yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, we have our own vernacular. Yeah. Man, thank you guys uh for listening. Do uh, I just want to like I want to uh thank you guys for those of you that like uh email us and stuff. Uh, those those emails that we get are really a, a really big encouragement, and uh, it's just it's good to know that there's people on the other side of this microphone that are listening, and that uh, 
that it's it's helping you and um, uh, the encouragement that Jason and I get from your emails. Uh, we this is what, yeah, it's good, and I'm not, and that's not from an egotistical point of view. It's just like I really appreciate when the Lord uses me or uses any of these people that are on the podcast to help people. Like that's a, that's what this is all about, and yeah. uh, and it's all out of love, and and we do love you, and man, the. Email us anytime you want. Hit us up on social media. Salty Dogs Podcast yeah. at gmail.com. Yeah, Casey Tavares on Facebook. Jason Villanueva on Facebook. I mean, Skyler McComb. Rocky Guillardo. G- uh, I'm not on Facebook. <laughs> oh, never mind. Not Rocky. <laughs> but, uh, man, Rocky doesn't you, 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 you can email me at, uh, at, at Cots, Wichita, C-O-T-S, Wichita.com. There you go. Rocky man, at Cots, Wichita. Uh, holler at me, man. I'm not afraid. And uh, we love connecting with people. And uh, so just thanks for the emails. And, and uh, just let us know that, that if, this is, if this is helping you out, man. Yep. Or woman. <laughs> man or woman. Yeah. They both listen. They both listen. They do. It's they, wonderful. They doth. They so. doth listen. All right. Good stuff. Yep. Bye. Adios. Bye.